from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. You've tuned the WIA National News for week commencing Guy Fawkes Day, November 5, 2017. The WIA office in Bayswater will be closed for the Melbourne Cup public holiday in Victoria Tuesday, November 7. Your office closure for the Christmas New Year's holiday, make a note, it closes December 22, reopening Tuesday the 22nd of January 2018 at 11am. A successful contact has been made between Beaconsfield State School Mackay and astronaut Paulo Naspoli using callsign IR0ISS. The contact lasted about nine and a half minutes, was telebridged via IK1SLD. Okay, India Romeo Zero, India Sierra Sierra, India Kilo 1, Sierra Lima Delta, Claudio Casale. Good morning, Paolo, buongiorno. Your signal is now loud and clear. Today, from Italy, we introduce the Beaconsfield State School located in Queensland, Australia. Are you ready for first question, Paolo? Over. Radio Italia Kilo 1, Sierra Lima Delta, Dissento Forte Chiaro. Go ahead with the question of Beaconsfield State School. Hi, this is Aiden. What does Australia look like from space? Over. Aiden, we, we just flew uh, over Australia not a long time ago. I mean, Australia is an incredible continent. Uh, it has everything in it. Uh, the the centre is uh, red and uh, kind of desertic. The coasts are beautiful. The great reef is incredible and the south part. So it's, uh, it's uh, really an amazing place. And I've been in Australia a few times, but every time I fly over, I want to go there more. And I will. There were 13 questions from the students, leaving time for science teacher Anna Berrigan to thank Polo before the audience broke into spontaneous loud applause. About 300 students, parents and teachers attended the school, which had set up space-themed displays with some students dressed as astronauts. Immediately after, the Mackay Tropical Stargazer Group had everyone in the school grounds at large telescopes for planet viewing, and one highlight was seeing the ISS pass at low elevation over Queensland, giving most their first look at it in orbit. WIA RS coordinator Shane VK4KHZ was at the school to moderate it all. ACMA Annual Report 2016-17 released. The Australian Communications and Media Authority has tabled its annual report, which includes references to its activities for radio communication services. The ACMA has a network of fixed, transportable and mobile monitoring for the entire spectrum. It also has a compliance laboratory that carries out testing of radio communications devices to support industry to meet standards compliance and product labelling. There has been a steady decline in radio communication interference complaints, down to 486 in 2016-17, but still nearly 300 enforcement actions were taken. Interference to domestic free-to-air broadcast television and radio services are treated separately, but again have also declined. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. WIA News Broadcast Feedback. It's been suggested that there be a reduced membership rate for those not receiving AR Magazine. This follows the WIA news that the journal is going to be bi-monthly in 2018. Reduced WIA memberships for electronic-only magazine access were trialled a few years ago and withdrawn as this didn't result in either increased membership take-up 
or proportional cost reductions. The only bankable cost saving was in postage costs. The cost of production and printing either don't change, or due to the inverse volume related to the size of print runs, the unit print cost per magazine actually does go up. The WIA is running at a loss and the board has focused on major reductions in cost that can be achieved with near immediate effect, such as reducing the number of magazine issues from 11 to 6 per year. A no magazine membership class has no certainty around how many and how quickly WIA members would adopt this as their preferred option. Even if, say, 10% of members chose this option, it would take more than a year to take effect due to membership renewal cycles, plus the cost savings would be minimal at this percentage level of take-up compared to other available options to return to positive cash flow. The WIA board appreciates the opportunity to explain what may seem to be a simple matter, but in fact is rather complex when looked at in greater detail. The WIA board has had a busy October. The Wireless Institute of Australia Board of Directors had a full agenda in October and made further progress on a number of matters affecting all WIA members. Most items have background papers that are pre-read by directors before each monthly board meeting. Major discussions concluded at the October meeting were the WIA Radio and Electronics Convention and AGM Contact and Arrangements, Dispute Resolution Process with an Appointment to be Made Soon, the WIA membership acceptance now handled by the office under delegation, update on the move of AR Magazine to six issues and updates to contractual arrangements, and the creation of an operational management team. Each month the board has had a report on finances and October was no different. Directors reviewed the financial reports, including a profit and loss statement. Four directors were to undergo training provided by the Australian Institute of Company Directors, the AICD. One reported he had completed all of the four e-learning courses, with three nearing an end to qualifying for certificates. Other matters discussed were the readiness for the end of December audit, revitalisation of committees with some inactive and not responding, an information paper from the QSL manager on the WIA QSL Bureau, Nominated Training Organisation reported on a field trial for online remote examinations involving an Australian citizen overseas. Matters also due to be finalised include a new WIA regulation postal ballot for the election of directors and a review of the meeting and agenda process. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate AR Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, WIA Local News Service VK7, VK3PC and the WW Sources of the WIA. I'm Shirley, VK5YL. One of our last surviving Bletchley Park listeners dies. The Forces Network reports that one of the last surviving Bletchley Park listeners who intercepted and passed Nazi messages on to Allied codebreakers at Bletchley Park, has died. Alison Robbins, 97, taught herself Morse code and German during World War II and stayed up all night, eavesdropping messages from U-boats around the British coast. She rarely spoke about her wartime years that were spent in isolated points around the coastline, intercepting messages from enemy fleets. Pope asks Spaceman Life's big questions in ISS live chat. 
Pope Francis chatted with six astronauts at the International Space Station, ISS, on Thursday, kicking off the rare interview with a philosophical question on man's place in the universe. Italian astronaut Paola Nespoli, 60, admitted that, despite the bird's eye view of Earth, he too remained perplexed, while American Mark Bandy Hay said seeing the planet from space made them realise how fragile we are. The pontiff sat at a Vatican desk facing a widescreen television on which the astronauts from America, Russia and Italy could be seen floating together in their blue suits. Good afternoon, or good evening. I imagine time passes differently at the space station, right? The Pope quipped. Astronomy makes us think about the universe's boundless horizons and prompts questions such as, where do we come from? Where are we going? He mused. Our aim here is to spread knowledge, but the more we learn, the more we realise we do not know, admitted Nespoli, who was on his third trip into space. Jordan's first satellite, JY-1SAT. During the final satellite integration training for Jordan's first satellite, JYISAT, the team was supported by His Royal Highness Crown Prince Al Hussein bin Abdullah II. The JYISAT mission was proposed by Jordanian students who participated in the first batch of the cooperation program with NASA after which the interns had suggested the design and launch of their first Jordanian CubeSat. Not the Guinness but a storm a-brewing. The names Ophelia and Brian won't be forgotten for quite some time in Ireland. Amateur Radio Newsline have reported on two storms which swept over that nation in mid-October, with Brian coming on the heels of its deadlier counterpart. Ophelia's arrival generated Ireland's first severe weather alert in history and according to the Irish Independent newspaper even created the biggest wave recorded off the Irish coast during a weather event. Wonder what the size was? Unfortunately it also left three dead. Although the amateur radio emergency network was not formally called up for the storm, members nonetheless took to whatever repeaters they could find or made use of simplex calling channels to check on the well-being of people in their communities and beyond. John Ronan, EI7IG, told AR Newsline the Hams had earlier tracked the storm and advised AREN members to prepare for water shortages, outages and to get ready their go kits just in case. IARU Region 3 directors at the Region 1 conference as previously reported here on WIA National News, Gopal VU2GMN and Peter Young VK3MV attended the IARU Region 1 conference in Germany back in September. Each of the three IARU regions conducts business at their conferences differently, even though items of interest are mainly the same. The two Region 3 directors especially identified several items that are of interest to us here in Region 3, which covers the Asia-Pacific. Peter, VK3MV, says identifying intruders in our amateur bands is a major concern all over the world and in Region 1 elaborate mon monitoring equipment is in use. In Region 3 this monitoring is mostly done by volunteers using their own radio equipment. WIA Secretary Jim Linton, VK3PC, says the next regional conference in the triennial cycle 
is scheduled for Region 3 in South Korea under the theme of Attracting Youth to Amateur Radio. With the international news here on VK1 WIA, I am Shirley, VK5 YL in Adelaide. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Ham radio operational news, it's contact sport. I'm Felix VK 4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. 2017. November CQ, WWDX, CW Contest, November 26, 27. Running all year till the 31 Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. 2018. John Moore Memorial Field Day will be held over the weekend 17-18 March 2018 and will run from UTC 100 hours on the Saturday till 0059 on the Sunday. IARU HF Championship Event 15-16 July. The 21st International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend is on August 18, 19, 2018. Park Radioactive. Are you new to the world of park activating and would like to try your hand at a portable activation? Perhaps you're one of the many park diehards here in Australia. Either way, put Saturday the 25th and Sunday the 26th of November 2017 in your amateur radio diary. This is the weekend of the 2017 VKFF Activation Weekend for the Worldwide Flora and Fauna WWFF Program. The purpose of the WWFF Program is to draw attention to the importance of protecting nature, flora and fauna and to encourage the development of radio skills, especially in portable operations. The WWFF Program encourages amateur radio operators to operate portable from designated parks and or protected nature areas around the world and in turn generate attention for these areas whilst providing the amateur radio community an interesting and rewarding activity. And each year in November a special activation weekend is held when amateurs all across Australia venture out into the field to activate parks. So far there are 14 amateurs heading out to activate 24 parks in Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, Western Australia and South Australia. If you do intend to activate a park that weekend, please send an email to vk5pas at wia.org.au with details of your intended park activation or activations. A register of all park activations for that weekend is being maintained and your details will be placed on the list. More information on the weekend and the WWFF program in general can be found at wwffaustralia.com. 73 and thanks for listening. I'm Paul, VK5 Papa Alpha Sierra, the National Coordinator for the WWFF program here in Australia. VK3 National Park Radioactive from Friday 10. So far about 30 activations are to join the 4-day Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award activity period that starts this Friday. Among the latest two registered activity are regular portable operators Brett VK3FLCS, who will be in the Great Bendigo and King Lake National Parks, and David VK3TUN in the Terek Terek and Heathcote Greytown National Parks. 
please give all activators a call on the air as they set up portable. Or you use this opportunity as a hunter to gain some of Victoria's 45 national parks to qualify for an award. The four-day activation period is from Friday, November 10 to Monday, November 13 inclusive. A list of the national parks and award rules are on the Amateur Radio Victoria website. A magic band repeater returns. The Mount Williams 6 metre repeater in the Grampians of South West Victoria is back on air with a new antenna, probably the last of its type being manufactured. The VK3RWZ repeater on 53.650 MHz has had good reports, ahead of the period of propagation left expected in summer. Unfortunately, the Melbourne firm that has supported amateur radio with special non-standard antennas outside the usual commercial frequency range is shutting up shop after 40 years. Without that expert help, it seems out-of-band antennas with the quality needed for rugged mountain sites will no longer be available, with VK3RWZ receiving the last production. Vietnam Veteran Memorial Special Event Look for the special event station WOW to be active between November the 10th and 12th. Whilst in country, did you have a contact with VI-8BLT50? This special event calls on for the 50th anniversary of the Battle of Long Ten was initially overlooked in terms of QSL cards. QSL cards for VI-8BLT50 are now being printed, and as a VK8 operator has made over 30 contacts with VK stations, if any of those stations desire a QSL card, they can now be requested via the WIA Inwards QSL Bureau at Bayswater. The VI-8 BLT-50 QSL cards have the same design as a VI-1 BLT-50, VI-4 BLT-50 and VI-6 BLT-50 QSL cards. Those who don't wish to send in their own QSL card can request the QSL by email and details of the QSO to vk3jls at wia.org.au and a card will be forwarded via the VK Bureau Operations. If you wish to receive a direct card, please send a self-addressed stamped envelope with either your QSL card or simply the QSO details to the WIA Inwards QSL Bureau at Bayswater. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Thanks Felix. Now, before we leave operational news, Mellish Reef de Expedition VK9MA, November 3 to November 16. This is an urgent note. The de-expeditioners would appreciate if the best locally observed propagation times are sent to their pilot, Mike. Now, his address is in the text edition of this news, and he'll advise the team via sat phone so the team can arrange to target VK in particular at the best possible times. We won't supply much further other than to advise all those interested to visit their webpage, vk9ma.com. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's worldwide special interest group news, beginning with ATV. And slow scan TV goes very high profile. In late September, University of Alaska Fairbanks researcher Chris Fallon, KL3WX, was attempting to produce an RF-induced airglow, or artificial aurora, using the high-frequency active auroral research program, HARP, facility in Alaska to warm up the atmosphere. Clouds hampered his experiment, but KL3WX alerted his Twitter followers that he also had embedded a few slow-scan television frames in the powerful HARP signal, which were then copied in British Columbia and in Colorado. 
The SSTV images, aside from being a fun way to engage hams in some of the ionosphere heating science performed at HARP, will be useful for understanding radio propagation from Arctic or high-latitude sources, Fallon told the ARRL. HARP consists of multiple transmitters feeding 180-phased arrays and is capable of producing 3.6 megawatts of RF. HARP's signal is essentially aimed straight up. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, AMSAT North American President Joe Spear, K6WAO, has announced the next phase of AMSAT's CubeSat program called GOLF. Not the first space golf program, as back in February of 71, Apollo 14 astronaut Alan Shepard famously took two golf balls along with him to the moon, making him the first person to play golf on another world. As an initial step in this new golf program, the AMSAT North America Board of Directors approved the submission of a NASA CubeSat launch initiative proposal for the GOLF-T satellite project. GOLF, an acronym for Greater Orbit, Larger Footprint, is a crucial step towards fulfilling AMSAT strategic goals involving high-altitude, wide-access satellite missions. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Groups, IOTA. Two Canadian amateurs will operate as VY0ERC from the Eureka Amateur Radio Club station on Ellesmere Island, IOTA reference NA008, until the 10th of November. An active is Guinea until the 1st of December. Look for 3XY, 3D slash P to operate mainly CW from Kassar Island AF051 from the 2nd of November through 1st of December and you can QSL via F50ZC. Now, Special Interest Group's Lowdown and the Canadian Radio Ham's 10 microwatt ERP 8.27 kilohertz signal heard in the UK. Shortwave listener Paul Nicholson in Todmorden, UK, has successfully received an extremely low-frequency transmission on 8.27 kHz. From Joe Craig, VO1NA, in Newfoundland, the ARRL reports. For Joe Craig, VO1NA, in Torbay, Newfoundland, things have been pretty exciting lately on very low frequencies. He's among the early... MFLF and VLF experimenters in North America, active even before Canada allocated amateur radio bands in that part of the spectrum. He believes he's accomplished a first for a Canadian radio amateur on October 22nd when his very VLF, very QRP signal on 8.27 kHz, that'd be the 36km band, was copied in the UK. Now, even more amazing, the transmission path was more than 3,500 kilometres. The power was just 10 microwatts ERP. Now, when you're that low, there's only one way to go, and that's up. So, South African digital EME QSOs on the 22nd of October at 1546 GMT, Alex ZS6 EME recorded the first ever digital EME QSO with HB9Q on 10 GHz. This was the first microwave EME QSO on such a high band from South Africa. They used the new digital mode QRA64D while using only 50 watts at the feed of his 1.5 meter dish. And later on the 23rd, Alex completed 10 more EME QSOs on 10 gig. On the 24th, he was able to make the first ever South African digital EME QSO on 5.7 gig with PA3DZL 
as well as seven more QSOs on the 5.7 gig band. Now, the last one from me, Special Interest Group Summits on the Air. The SOTA Summits on the Air Over 70s Group are hosting an afternoon smorgasbord at the Glebe Gardens Cafe, Launceston, at 4pm on Thursday, November 30th. All amateurs and their friends and family are invited. A donation of $9 is requested to cover the cost of food platters, etc. This is a private function and you will need to BYO wine, beer and drinks and you need to bring your own beverage glasses too. Now laden with all those items and if you're over 70, no doubt a summit or three may be within reach. Get along and have an enjoyable couple of hours in pleasant surroundings with other radio enthusiasts. For those interested and fit enough, They'll also discuss future soda activations within Tasmania and its surrounding islands. If you intend to make it, please contact Peter, VK7PL or L, VK7AN, to assist with catering requirements. Now, continuing on from talking about the septuagenarians, let's check in with the radio amateur old-timers. I'm Brian, VK3GR, and next week, bringing you the special interest group news, will be a new reader. A new light, in fact, VK3LED, Cole. But for now, it's to our man in the West, Clive, VK6CSW. Hello, everyone. This is Clive, VK6, Charlie Sierra Whiskey, reminding you that the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's monthly bulletin goes to air tomorrow. This month, as well as all the latest club news, we feature an item on ferrite, that magic material that's so important in electronics, and Ian tells us where all the salt in the sea came from. Everyone's most welcome to tune in and to join in the callbacks afterwards. The broadcast originates in Melbourne on the VK3REC 2-metre repeater at 10am Melbourne time, with simultaneous relays on 40 metres on 7060 kHz and 160 metres on 1843 kHz. At 0100 UTC, for Eastern States listeners, Hans VK5YX will transmit the program on 20 metres on 14.150 megs. At 0200 UTC in Western Australia, the program is transmitted simultaneously on 7088 kHz and via the linked repeater network. At night, the broadcast is repeated at 20.30 hours Melbourne time on 80 metres on 3650 kHz and in Tasmania at 19.30 local on the VK7RAA and VK7RTC networks and then at 20.30 Tasmanian time there's a TV presentation by Tony VK7 Alpha X-Ray. For full details visit the club website at www.raotc.org.au So once again, tune in tomorrow for the November RAOTC Bulletin. On the social scene, next weekend, November 12, in VK3, it's Rosebud's annual Hamfest by the Bay. November 12 in VK5, it's Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at 8am. And November 11 in VK4, it's the Gold Coast Hamfest. More of those later, but November 5 in VK3, that's this weekend, Barg Hamvention at the Greyhound Racing Track, Ballarat. Hello, this is John, VK3, Mike Kilo from the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club. 
Well, it's on again next week. The Rosebud Radio Fest will be held at the Eastbourne Primary School, Alambi Avenue, Rosebud, on Sunday the 12th of November. The features of this year's Radio Fest include sales of new and pre-loved equipment in the main hall, an excellent range of forums including Flex Radio Systems Technology, low-cost technology solutions for 70-centimetre equipment and ACMA's latest experiences in the field. The event has excellent catering, plenty of off-street car parking and great door prizes are on offer. Ticket sales commence at 8am and the main hall doors open at 9.30am. Entry is $6 with children under 12 free. Talk-in is available on VK3 RSP on 146.675 MHz. See you in Rosebud next Sunday. This is John, VK3, Mike Kilo. Hi, I'm Paul, VK4PY. In six days, the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society will hold their annual ham fest on Saturday, the 11th of November, here on the Gold Coast. The event will be held at the Albert Waterways Hall, which is on the corner of Sunshine Boulevard and Hooker Boulevard at Mermaid Waters. Doors open to the public from 8.30am. Come and grab a bacon egg muffin or other items from the barbecue. To book a table or other info, go to www.gcars.com.au and look for the Hamfest tab or email hamfest at gcars.com.au. See you hopefully at a ham fest on the 11th of November. Now also on that weekend, the Sunday, November 12th, in VK5, it's Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's ham fest. That takes place at 8am. Now until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.